Hey there, on this 1-16-2022, it's EDB, that's Eric Deshaun Barrett, and I believe you're connected to this because you're ready for our Sunday meditation, which shall begin in just a few moments. Well, good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, how's y'all doing this morning? Uh-huh. 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 Yeah, Mama Bell held me up. She was, she was, she was, she held me hostage. She said, I ain't going to play this morning until you bring me a grand piano. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and I had to tell her we ain't got that kind of money here. We ain't got that Freemason Street money. But she said, you better find me a grand piano. I ain't going to play for you. That's what she said. It wasn't like that, you know. Well, good morning to you. I'm a... Not hold you up too long with all my rambling and stuff, but uh, I do want to put a few notes in your head this morning. Uh, my dear mama, you was talking about the inauguration yesterday, and uh, uh, you uh, went into your uh, your conversations. I kind of held y'all because I ain't want to talk about it. At least not. At least not now. But um, I want to uh, ask you why you're uh, considering your your prayer services. Um, Not just to consider this for prayer, but to consider this for uh, for action, uh, and what I mean by that is, a lot of times um, folks uh, look at things and um, they'll go, "Oh, um, maybe I should uh, either call into my hole or I should get a little angry." about what's going on. And I don't think it's a time to get angry. I think it's a time to get excited myself because of uh, the opportunities that are existing before us. Uh, straight out the gate yesterday, and I'm not going to take all day with this, there was some executive orders that went out that require your prayer, not only your prayer, but your action, as I said, um, one of those orders were um, in our schools and our churches. And we could talk about the rest at a later date if you want to, but the fear in our churches is that the one reason why I had a problem when folks was talking about First Virtual and, and me licensing it as a church, I had a problem because of this factor. Um, churches are considered non-profit uh, organizations. 
which means they are tax exempt. And because they're nonprofit and because they're tax exempt, that means that they uh, basically are under the control of the government. And that is why there are certain programs and projects and things that churches used to do. Um, most folks say, well, they're running scared now. They don't want to do nothing. It's not necessarily that they're running scared. Is that they don't have the liberties that they once had. And uh, one of the things that I was sharing with, somebody was sharing with me last night that our church leaders are getting smart about is making sure that they are doing everything they can to distance themselves from government. And that's going to happen in this time because uh, at least over the next four years, as the critical race conversation has entered the state of Virginia, and what that means is they don't want to talk about black struggles no more or the struggles of anything uh, negative, if you will. Now, I've never talked about negative in that matter. I ain't talking about how you got beat and whipped and all that good stuff. I, I felt like you already knew that. But the conversation is here. And so uh, I ask you not only to keep that in your prayers, but keep that in your, your plan of action as uh, we're going to have to do a lot more teaching on the outside uh, because we can't depend on our education system anymore because that's going to be stripped. And in some cases, we can't depend on our churches anymore because they're going to be stripped. And so we're going to look for other ways to do that, so keep that in your minds and in your prayers. And we'll talk about that as the days progress. Also, we're going to talk about the fact that I ask you to consider yourself or to look out for yourself um, that they have rolled back all of the vaccine and mask mandates so please don't go outside catching COVID Uh, if there's anything you can do now the best time to stay at home and mind your business until they figure this stuff out so that's something else for you to be safe about and that leads me to my final point. Uh, just because our friend decided that the state of Virginia is open, doesn't mean that you have to go out. And I say that again. Uh, there's various ways and to protect yourself, especially our senior uh, brothers and sisters, to protect yourself. So we'd like for you to take those into consideration as well. That's a few things I want to put into your head for you to pray about and and, and to be thankful for. Also, our, our sister Glass uh, took office on Wednesday, and she's been hard at work up there in the General Assembly. Her first week ended on Friday, or I guess I said her first half week ended on Friday. So we're thankful for that. So you keep that in your mind. Mom Bell? Yeah. Oh, you I think I, I, yeah, I think you're mad enough. You can go over there and bang on the keys. Okay, let me go out in the cold. Put on my hat and gloves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Take your goulashes too and your hand warmers. Yeah. And after oh. she's done, Brother Dennis will have his words. Okay. I, 
After, after I finish, okay. After yeah, you go. finish. Uh, All right. Hard to uh, not sing along and, and 
uh, you know, pay attention to the road, but it also kept me from uh, uh, giving my fellow drivers a uh, hard time about the way to drive. But anyway, it just routed me to uh, remember who I am as far as the Lord is concerned. But I digress. Thank you. Um, again, Mama Bell, I appreciate you playing every week, twice a week. It's a blessing to me. Um, you know, things change. We have a, a new governor, uh, a fairly new president, and, uh, you know, we uh, new, uh, just, uh, new legislature and just on and on. Even maybe we got new neighbors, you know, maybe we got uh, new in-laws uh, coming into the family, or maybe we need to be uh, just reach out to them. And maybe we face uh, different call bosses or or whatever the case may be, you know, we have to remember that we are, we are, we, we, we need to be strong. And a way to do that is just, uh, you know, again, open the book, the Bible, look at the scriptures, and the Old Testament and Deuteronomy, uh, uh, chapter, in my focus here, <clears throat> chapter 31, verse 6, it says, be strong and courageous. Pretty easy, right? <laughs> Do not be afraid or terrified because of of them. For the Lord your God is with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. What a promise! What a promise that is. You know, sometimes we have to hold. We, you know, I, as a Christian and as, as a person, hold on to those promises. You know, that God will never leave us. And that we don't have to be afraid or terrified because of them. Who is them? Anybody that threatens our, our Christian belief. There you go. All right. Anybody that wants to rock the boat, so to speak. What limitations on who we are as Christians? You know, Eric touched on that a little bit about the mandates or whatever comes down through the government. You know, can they control the churches? We don't want them to. Who controls the churches? Who gave us the church? Jesus and God. So we have to remember that. We have to stay strong in that and believe in, in the Bible and believe in what it says. You know, do not be afraid you know, or terrified because of that. You know, we have God. You know, the Lord tells us that he will never, never leave us or forsake us. Yeah, that, that's, you know, once we make that decision that we're going to follow Jesus and, and believe in God, you know, he's never going to turn his back on us. You know, when you made a decision to become a Christian, did you lose friends or so-called friends? Uh, sometimes, you know, I did. I'll be honest with you. People that I thought were friends, oh, you're a Christian now. You're not going to do this anymore. I'm going to tell you right. I'm not going to do that anymore. And uh, say, okay, well, we'll catch you on the other side. Uh, and whatever their other side is, is not going to be mine, that's for sure. Amen. So that's what we have to remember. You know, sometimes if we have to give up something to be, be strong in what we believe in, then it wasn't something that we should have been holding on in the first place, right? So as we go through this, this week, this time, you know, see us all. Put that song in your heart, put lyrics in your heart, like Mama Bell does every week. Put lyrics in our hearts, put melodies in our hearts and minds. You can, you know, 
Praise God, yeah. Praise God in song. Yeah, even if you just got a hunger, you know, you know the other words, mix them up. You know, you can, you can praise God without, you can praise God just by thanking him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, he hears you. He listens to you. <laughs> and when you mess up, you just go to him and he'll take care of you. He'll forgive you and he'll love you. And that's great, great. He gives us that promise. He'll never, ever leave us or forsake us. He knows who we are. He knows who we were before we were born. He knows who us did our mom's womb. And he knows and cares on our head. So he'll never, never, ever leave us or forsake us. Amen. Short one. I was, I was getting tucked in. Okay. I Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Bless to you, all of you who who, who forgot. I think everybody is. We didn't have any stragglers. Everybody's here. It's been here the whole time. Uh, Mama Bell played it. Brother Dennis talked about it. And I figured I should go ahead and read it. We shall overcome. We shall overcome. We shall overcome someday. Oh, deep in my heart, I do believe we shall overcome someday. We'll walk hand in hand. We'll walk hand in hand. We'll walk hand in hand someday. Oh, deep in my heart, I do believe we'll walk hand in hand. Someday, we shall all be free. We shall all be free. We shall all be free. Someday, oh, deep in my heart, I do believe we shall all be free. Someday. We are not afraid. I'm going to say it again. We are not afraid. For the little bit you got down, tucked down in, pulled it out, throw it out. But we are not afraid. Today. We are not afraid. 
Too strong. Oh, deep in my heart. I do believe. I do believe. We are not afraid. Not afraid. Today. And you know why you're not afraid? Because we are not alone. We are not alone. We are not alone today. Oh, deep in my heart. I do believe we are not alone today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The whole wide world around. The whole wide world around. The whole wide world around. Someday, deep in my heart, I do believe we shall overcome someday. Passive. Most gracious God, our Father, we thank you. We give you glory and honor for waking us up this morning and clothing us in our right mind and giving us the activities of our limbs. Father, we honor you because it's because of you we live, we move, and we have our being. Father, you've been so good to us. You've been so kind to us. You've been better to us than we've been to ourselves. And Father, as we come as your children, as we come as your kingdom citizens, we come, Lord God, and we humble ourselves and we pray. Your word says, if we do that, Lord God, and that we seek your face, that we turn from our evil ways. You said we will hear from you and you will heal the land. Father, as we come this morning, we realize and understand that you are still God, but we as your children, we come to release in the atmosphere your voice as you're using us as your ambassadors to pray and your words to pray ye for one another Lord, and Father we come to pray for our brothers we come to pray for our sisters we need thee oh we need thee every hour we need thee oh bless us now our Savior, we come, we come, we come, we come as we are, weak, weary, sick, lame, tired, but we come, we come, we come, we come to you, Lord God. And Father, we want to start this prayer by saying thank you this morning, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you've already done. Yeah. 
Thank you for the path you already made. Thank you, Lord God, for the deliverance you already given us. Thank you, Lord God, for healing what you have already healed. And thank you for making miracles where you made them. And thank you for making a way where there was no way. Thank you, Lord, for health. Thank you for strength. Thank you for houses. Thank you for clothing. Thank you for food. Thank you for our right mind. Oh, yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, because it was because of you, Lord God. Through many dangers, toils, and snaps, we have already come. We thank you because when we look back at the footprints of history, Lord God of our lives, we realize it wasn't our feet that carried us through. It was you, Lord God, and we thank you for it. We thank you for the lives that jumped off ships for our freedom. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for those who worked in cotton fields and corn fields and tater fields and decided they would not give themselves up until they see a freedom. Lord God, we thank you for that. We thank you for those who took beatings and actually got beheaded and women raped and men ostracized that we may have this right in 2022 to call upon your name. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for those who walk miles and miles and refuse to take a bus. We thank you, Lord God, for those who, Lord God, had to hide in bush harbors just to know how to read your word. We thank you, Lord. For those who had to wash somebody else's children and clean their clothes and cook their food and why they had to go home and eat straps. God, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for the men and women, Lord God, that had to, Lord God, work all day, Lord God, and then at the end of the month, give all of their money back up because they realized they had overspent. We thank you for the woman that sat on the bus and refused to give up her seat. We thank you, Lord God, for that young man sitting in the meeting one day, not knowing, Lord God, that he was going to be the voice of your people and rose up to the occasion because he understood, he understood Jeremiah 1 before he was born. He was called, he was chosen to be a prophet unto the nations. We thank you for his life. We thank you for his sacrifice, Lord God, that he gave, that he gave to us, Lord God, that workers may have their rights, Lord God, that we can go to the polls now and vote, Lord God, and, and Lord God, our voices could be heard. We thank you for the life and the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King, Lord God. And we thank you for the shoulders that he stood on, was able to carry the message that he carried. 
And God, we thank you, Lord God, because we have some precious souls that is so on this line can remember the, the, the days that he lived and can remember the struggles and can still have vivid memories of the day that he died. But Father, we thank you, Lord God, for giving us those days that we may have better days that we too have, can realize we are overcoming. And by the fact your word says we have overcome by the blood. Thank you, Jesus. We have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the words of their testimony. We thank you because the blood of the Lamb has already been given. Seven times you set up on that cross and seven different times on between on the days before the cross and even on the cross, God, you bled. And every drop of blood had a story. And somewhere in that blood, our names was written in it. And we thank you, Lord God. And Lord God, because of that, now we have a testimony, Lord God. We may not have we may not have arrived to the place that we should be, but Father, we thank you that we are not at the place that we were. And we thank you, Lord God. And now, Lord God, we thank you for the sacrifices of men and men and women that are yet fighting for our rights. Thank you, Lord God, for giving them the giving them the push to continue to fight for those who can't fight for themselves and give voice to those who have elected to to the office to fight for the freedoms that we deserve. We pray, Lord God, that you will continue to bless them and anoint them, Lord God, and give them voice, Lord God, and give them favor. I pray, Lord God, that every obstacle that stands in their way, Lord God, that you be the God that stands in front of the obstacle. And now, Lord God, we pray for these your people that is on this on this service this morning. We pray, Lord God, whatever condition or anything that they are dealing with, Lord God, that you will bless them, Lord God, that you will heal them, that you will make a way. And Father, we just pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name, that you continue to be who you are, and that's God. You're God over us, and we thank you. And Father, as we deal with this inclement weather, we thank you, Lord God, for keeping us safe. We thank you for keeping oil in the barrel. We thank you for gas flowing through our our systems, Lord God. We thank you for our windows, Lord God, that seal up the cracks, Lord God. Yay, thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for being a friend. Look over our families. Look over our friends. Continue to be who you said that you are. And that's our God. And we thank you, Lord God. And we believe you. Lord, bless this service today. Bless your man servant as he brings forth the word. And we give your name the glory. In Jesus' name. Only believe. Yeah. Only believe. Even God lives, right? All things are possible. If you only believe, I message to you today, Lord, we do believe. 
We do believe that all things are possible because we only believe. Amen. Genesis chapter three, verse one. Chapter three, verse one says, Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. God said, you must not eat or touch it or you will die. No, you will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman. In fact, God knows that when you eat, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at, and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. I want to stop right there. I went farther than I intended, but I'm going to stop right there today, and I want to focus on the subject this morning. Watch for the scam. Watch for the scam. And all those who believe in the Bible respond with a howdy. Amen. Amen. Watch for the scam. Oh, y'all gave me a good time to talk today. Uh, I'm going to take every bit of it, Lord, be my helper. I found myself paying attention yesterday somewhat. I did not watch the inauguration. I find myself having better things to do with my time. Uh, I do not watch a lot of political things these days, particularly news-related, because I have better things to do with my time. I just hang around for the cliff notes 
most of your speeches or commentary, whatever the case may be, will come with what they call, uh, I can't even think of the word now, the notes that they put on the Internet. They, they, they all read off of a paper. The governor had his remarks that was his last day of the union. All of his notes was put out prior to that. It was actually sent to me in email. So I just read the notes. There's a word that's for those notes, and I can't really think about it. The transcripts, thank you, for allowing me to think that through. I wait for the transcripts. And I read the transcripts as I said, of the outgoing governor's conversations. And I did not read the transcript for the incoming governor, but I did read his 11 orders that he put out. I went through and I read them, and to some degree I didn't understand it, and I read 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 it, and I don't want to spend my time on that too briefly because I understand Somewhere along the line, you get controversy. And I find that this text and our world is so intertwined because the thing that fascinates me about this text is how the serpent who was being used by Satan. Now, I need you to understand something for me, because I have found myself forgetting this sometimes. Over in the other part of the great book that we turn to for guidance, you find where we are warned by Brother Paul. He said, remember who the enemy really is. It was not the snake that was the problem. It was the spirit that was using the snake. And so some of us woke up this morning or even went to bed last night and we were attacking Republicans. We were attacking Democrats. We were attacking the governor. We were attacking the lieutenant governor. We all are victims of Satan's usings. If you're not careful, you'll find yourself saying stuff. Brother James, on one opportunity, I had an opportunity, should I say, to speak, and he said, listen, things I thought I wouldn't say, I found myself saying. Because we're all victimized. We're all somewhat at the mercy of the adversary's attack. So, so when you really think about it, as Brother Paul had to remind us, to understand that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Please don't get angry with the governor. It ain't his fault. Please don't look at old Lieutenant Governor Sears. She ain't nobody. Don't look at the legislature. 
Don't even look at our beautiful friend Jackie Glass. She ain't nobody either. Don't look at me. I definitely ain't nobody. We all are at the mercy of the adversary. And if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves knocking off each other just to do the devil's bidding. Watch for the scam. Because the events of yesterday was designed to make you mad. It was designed to keep you oppressed and depressed. It was designed to push you back into your corner of helplessness. That's what it was designed to do. And again, I say, no, I did not say that at the hand of a governor. He ain't got nothing to do with it. He's just a man. I don't care how many guns Winston Sears took. She ain't nobody. She's just an old woman. But the enemy that tries to keep us down is heavily at work. And you don't hear me talk much about him around here. Every now and again, you got to go back and remind you of who's really causing the damage in these streets. What are you doing, Brother Satan? Well, I'm just going around seeking who I can devour. I got a mission statement, you know. What's that statement? Well, I only three points. Somewhere between sunrise and sunset, I'm I'm going to steal from somebody. I'm going to destroy them, and then if that ain't bad enough, I just go ahead and kill them. That's my mission. Well, how you gonna do that? No, I ain't gonna do it. Because the people that watch what I say, because I need you to understand this, they so gullible, they so stupid, I ain't got to lift a finger. All I got to do is give some person a story to put out in the paper, and I'll destroy your leaders. That's all I got to do. And if I can't destroy them through a news article, all I got to do is go put a cross on their front yard and I'll steal their character, I'll steal their hope, I'll steal their faith, I'll steal their self-consciousness, I'll steal their confidence. That's all I got to do. And if that don't work, I'll, I'll send a man over to the Lorraine Motel and I'll just put a bullet in his head. I, I, maybe I just got that myself. We wrestle not. I wish that was the subject. That was the scripture against flesh and blood. And so I think about the cunningness of our adversary. He said, listen, um, I know that you got all this in the world. 
You have dominion. You can rule and you can super rule. But you see that piece over there that you ain't got? Why God won't let you have that either? Oh, that reminds me of what's going on around here. People got houses, they got cars, they got land, they got silver and gold. But just because there's pieces over here that they don't have, they mad about it. There was a gentleman who I heard of that was running for state delegate. Actually, Mama Bell, it was the gentleman that was running against Miss Miss Glass. I met him. One of his one of his platforms. I'm glad you did. You probably don't like him. One of his platforms was to run against the school system because the school system was bad. We got to eliminate the bad, eliminate the bad. And one of my persons that I am very familiar with, I'll take my pancakes double stacked with a side of bacon, please. One of the conversations that was had with this gentleman was, well, what do you think is wrong with the schools? And they said, oh, well, see, they're just not doing a good job. He says, well, you got any metrics? Oh, before you go there, you got some kids of your own, don't you? Yeah, I do. We homeschool our kids. So so how are you going to attack the public system when your children are not even there? Watch for the scam. Because his idea was that if we dismantle the school system, those resources, which straight up is a good idea in my book, those resources can then go back to parents for individual choice, which means that you can take your your tax dollars and, and put your kids wherever you would like to put them educationally, or you could take your money and you could keep them at home and you can have those resources that would have went to the funding of this massive institution and you could have that for your child. Beautiful piece of business if it was straight up talk to you on the real. But slide sneakily. It's like a slithering snake. Watch for the scam. And then this same group of people decided to go over in Berkeley and put up a post saying that Miss Glass was for legalizing prostitution in our city. Big old billboard they put up right there in the middle of our neighborhood. If it wasn't for the grace of God for our people who decided that they were going to rise up, and I'm not talking about black folks. I'm talking about black folks and white folks and Jews and Gentiles. They rose up, and they decided that this was the biggest pile of malarkey they've ever seen in their life, and they went out there and they voted, and that's why Miss Glass got 78 
0.9% of the vote. Watch for the scam. Now, for those of you who are already having a feeling about why my conversation today is more political, you forgot who we're talking about here. You forgot what's going on here in this uh, coming 24 hours. The day by which we celebrate tomorrow is nothing but politics. The sad reality that the nations or the rights of individuals had to become so political. That's the question that you should ask. And then for those who would rather just bypass this type of conversation, don't talk to me about life. Don't talk to me about justice. Don't talk to me about any of that. Just tell me about Jesus. Well, how do you get somebody saved when they're hungry? How do you get somebody saved when they're naked? How do you get somebody saved when they're being prejudiced on? How do you get them saved when all around them they are seeing and hearing and believing what is being portrayed as the racist gospel. Jesus, the burly-haired blonde from the west side of town that he's been portrayed as. I walked up to a gentleman some time ago. We was having a conversation. I don't remember how we got there, so please forgive me if I skip one or two details. He was saying something, and out of his mouth, for some apparent reason, and I'm sure there's some details missing here, like I said, please forgive me. He said, listen, um... I hope y'all not planning to come here and talk about that white man's gospel. And I I listened, and I heard, and that was one of those times when I was in transition between just firing off at the mouth and actually sitting there quietly and paying attention to what I had heard. And I thought about it. And it's hitting me. God will put clothes on your back, food on your table, a roof over your head, but if you cross them, he'll kill you. That's a slave gospel. And nowhere near the identity nor the character of God. God ain't killed nobody. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells you how death happened. It says the effect of sin is death. If I go out there and put my car in reverse, back straight out the driveway and don't turn, I'm going to end up in the river. That's the effects of my stupidity. Ain't got nothing to do with God. You have too much great goose, Bugatti or Brigatti, I can't even get the word out. Oh, scotch. 
Uh-huh. Go ahead and drink some more of that bourbon and scotch. Drink a lot of it. And besides, you're going for a drive. If you make it from point A to point B and B because of the mercy, that'll be the mercy of God. But you're already impaired. You're already broken. You're already busted mentally. God ain't had nothing to do with the fact that you got behind that wheel and decided to drive. The effects of stupidity, of sin. God ain't never killed nobody. But that's what we've been told because we've been preached a slave gospel. Watch for the scam. Then I think about what's going on as it pertains to our public health. I had a conversation with a lady the other day and she was hollering about my church, my church, my church, my church, my church. And I don't want to attack people's churches. Y'all can do what y'all want to do. I know a lot of you. You've been Baptist born, Baptist bred, and when you die, you'll be Baptist dead. I understand. But the reality of it is in this day and time, a lesson that I had to learn a long time ago, and I still have dreams about the monolith word of life. Oh, I love that place. I'm not telling you nothing that I don't know. I'm not one of them people that don't understand. I love me some of my word of life. Hell, the Josephine Arrington Williams was the pastor. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to need for you to watch what I say and listen very attentively and do not take my words out of context. But I'm glad she's gone. And the reason why I'm glad she's gone is because a whole lot of things I've accomplished would not have happened as long as she was alive. I know what it's like to be trapped in the vortex of culture, to be trapped in the vortex of society, to be trapped in the vortex of commitment to people and places. I've lived that life. One of the hardest things in the world was to pack my bags and walk out the door of my auto word of life. It was so hard I didn't even tell them I was leaving. I just had to go. A whole lot of us have been trapped inside of churches, inside of institutions, social groups that have done nothing for us, but because we are locked inside, we have societally been told that we got to be here. This is where you need to be. You are nobody if you're not here. So we stay locked. Oh, yes, they might have helped you five days ago. 
but what have you done for me lately? Where were you when I needed a vaccine shot? Matter of fact, you was over there spreading COVID because you were teaching people not to get the vaccine. Where were you when I couldn't get out because the stores was bad? You know I got the bad leg. You know I don't move fast. I couldn't have got through that store and grabbed me some toilet paper in time. Where were you? Oh, you were sitting over there waiting for the opportune time to call to collect your tithe money. That's where you were. Be careful of the scam. Again, I'm not here to attack. If they've been good to you, stay down there. The wife, we was watching a movie the other day, sitting here trying to think. The subject of the movie, or the title, should I say, escapes me. Um, something Borrowed is what they called it. And I was watching this movie, and it took us about three hours to watch an hour-and-a-half movie because the wife and I kept pausing for commentary. And inside of this movie, the main piece of this that I want to point out you had this young lady and this young man who were friends in law school. And it's obvious that the two liked each other. It's very obvious. But they had low self-esteem. They had no confidence in themselves. And so instead of pulling the trigger on their relationship, between the two, the guy allowed for this other young lady to swoop in, and the girl he wanted, I don't remember the name, so I'm just going to say Sally swooped in, and Jane just sat there and let Sally take her man because she didn't have any confidence. And I thought and I watched. Is that young girl, brilliant law person, smart as a whip, the gentleman saying, they sat there and they walked through life miserable because they were not woman and man enough. They did not have the confidence. They did not have the strength to live their own truth. There's a whole lot of people in our world today sitting in our pews today who do not have the strength to live their own truth. And that's how the enemy can come in and he can scam. He can scam because he finds the crack between self-doubt and bad confidence. 
And he says, are you sure? Did God really say that you was going to be somebody? Are you sure you heard right? Oh, yeah, I know it's in the book. It says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I ordained you, all that good, yeah, all that good stuff. Wonderful words, wonderful words, wonderful words. Some man wrote it, you know, King, the king, you know, he got mad because he, he wanted to divorce his wife, and, and since he couldn't divorce his wife, he kicked the people out, so he had to go. He wrote that book, you know, King James did. He was mad. So how do you know that stuff? You don't even know that stuff. He's accurate. Uh-huh. Then he talk about some plans, 29 shots. What plans? Did he give you, did you see the blueprints? Uh-huh. Then he come back with eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Okay, some more mysterious stuff. Sound to me like a bunch of lies here. First he tell you that you was ordained, but didn't tell you ordained. Prophet to what? Nations. That's a big term. There's some plans that you don't know, and then you ain't supposed to know because your eyes can't see and your ears ain't heard. And you sure? You certain that this is the God that you want to pay attention to? That is the crack between self-doubt and self-confidence. That's the crack known as human nature. That's like a pair of pliers that pries a wedge inside the hole of our identity. I understand now why grandmama and all them down at the Pentecostal church, I know they said down there for sure. They might have did it some other places. But they'd get down there and say, listen. You can't make him and doubt him. That was the first time. But then he might say something else. Hear, no, I, I, you didn't hear what I said. I said, you can't make me doubt him, but he's still talking. But he, uh, listen, I keep telling you, you can't make me doubt him in my heart. And they couldn't get out of the head, the devil talking to him, so they had to go, I keep telling you, you can't make me doubt him. Well, how? Because I know too much about him. Granny knew. Granny knew what God had done for him. God had brought them from the deep recesses of the country, from walking with cardboard in the bottom of their shoes. He took them and put gators on their feet and took that cardboard and stacked that cardboard six times over and then put a little sole on the bottom of it, shined it up, and called it a gator. He stripped them of their overalls. And replaced it with a Louis Vuitton. God had done some things for them. 
He took them from horse and buggy and put them in Lincoln Continentals and Cadillacs. God doesn't that for him. He took them from begging and borrowing for the scraps and scrubbing the floors with toothbrushes to 20 and 30 room mansions. That's what God done for them. They seen him do it. T.D. Jakes had a conference one time, and he, the man got up during the offering, and he was talking about this lady. This lady who begged for groceries, she begged for groceries, she was begging for groceries, she was begging for groceries. And one day the man crossed the street got tired. He got tired of hearing her beg, sick of that old woman over there begging for groceries. And he went down to the store and he bought her a truckload of groceries. And that took those groceries to that lady's house and dropped them on her doorstep. And the woman opened the door, oh, thank you, Jesus, oh, thank you, Jesus, oh, thank you, Jesus, for my groceries, thank you, Jesus, for my groceries. And the man got mad again. He said, excuse you, what's over there talking about thank you, Jesus, for God ain't buy you them groceries I did. And the lady looked up, no teeth in her head, nappy old-headed woman. <laughs> Eyes barely open. <laughs> Breath smell like corn liquor. And she looked up at that man dressed up in his fine linen. And she said, you right, you right, you right. You right. God ain't buy these groceries. He let your demon self do it. Hallelujah. <laughs> and shut her door. That was a woman who knew not to become succumb to the scam. You can't let nobody strip you of your faith, of your identity. Let nobody show you. Oh, did you see what's going on here? Yeah, I saw it. I saw what happened last night, yesterday. I heard all that stuff that the governor was saying. But you know what? I also know not to be succumbed to the scam. Granny and Mama, you you remember. They used to teach back in the day. Oh, they can strip the books. They can strip the school, but they can't strip what's in your head. Whatever's in your head, they can't take from you. So it doesn't matter what they do. And then another point that I want to get to, because a whole lot of folks get upset and they want to point their attention to Trump. I'm so sick of folks pointing their attention to him. 
Did you forget 76 million people voted for him? All the man is doing is what the folks that voted for him wanted. The wrestling is not with him. It's not even with the 76 million that voted for him. It's with the idea, the scam that has been flooded into our communities. They taught us about a thing called racism. It's on the wall of the African-American History Museum, excuse me, not science, even though some think we are science project. That's another conversation for another day. It's on the wall of the museum, straight down yonder, in the hall of the building. First thing you see as you go on to the ship, I mean the bottom of the building, right on the wall. We know slavery is wrong. We shouldn't treat these people this way. This is horrible what we're doing to these folks. But then again, our rum got to be made. Our cotton got to be picked. Our sugar got to be transported. So we put our feelings aside because it's just business. The moment that you realize and I realize not to take people's attitudes personally, one of the ladies come on here one time. I don't know if she's here today. I haven't looked. But she would tell me all the time in the words of her husband. Her husband said the greatest nation is self-preservation. When I realized that everybody in this world is just fighting for self-preservation, I self first, me, myself, and I. And after me, myself, and I, and then what's left over is for my soul. And no more. They don't hate you because you black. They hate you because you in the way. They hate you because you stand between they mentioned. I was reading the book, and there's one of the other books I read all the way through. It was a very fascinating read. I can't remember the subject, but I'll give it to you later if you want it. And inside that book, it breaks down the metrics of slavery or from slavery to segregation. And it points out very detailed. But for time, please let me just skip to the point. You had other ethnicities that was on the payroll down at the job. The boss may have had a million-dollar payroll. He got $20 million in the bank, but only a million was allocated for payroll. 1863, 
some 16 days ago, from this moment, we can celebrate the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation. And that man with that million-dollar payroll who might have been paying Johnny and Big Bell, but Rufus and Seaton won't get no paycheck because they were the slaves. But after January 1, 1863, Stephen and Rufus had to get a paycheck. And so Johnny and Bell was over there celebrating off of 500000 apiece. But Stephen and Rufus now had to be paid. So do you think the boss went into his pocket and got another million dollars out? No, sir, he did not. He went and divided the white man's salary in half and paid Rufus and Stephen. Hello, racism. <laughs> it's always been economic. And when you peel back the onion and you get to the allergic induced section, when you look at everything they're talking about right now, from the White House to the crack house, all of it is all about money. The love of money and matching with power is the root of all evil. Because we have been so enamored by these pieces of tin we call houses, And the collaboration of scrap metal we call call <laughs> killed ourselves, beat our people into the ground, watched them die to protect our scrap metal and tears because we fell victim to the scam. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to let you go. Grandma's going to come and pray. I want to ask you this morning to consider with me. Consider with me how it really looks. Not when we walk around with our own personal agendas and opinions, not when we operate based off of what we think and feel. But think about what it really looks like. If you take your two cents and I take my two cents and we get together, we can buy the car lot. How many cars you need anyway? We could all have Cadillacs and Mercedes. There's enough money over here. The earth is the laws and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. There's enough money here. I tell you what, 
We stop going out there buying Cadillacs, you'll see them prices come down. We saw that this weekend for those of you who play football or watch football. A playoff game up in New York. It went down to the last 10 minutes before the kickoff ball. They were giving away tickets because they couldn't sell out the stadium. You start buying and prices come down. When determination goes up, prices come down. Watch for the scam. And then another thing I want to tell you, and I'm going to get out your hair. And I know, that is, I know that you're feeling some type of way, some of you. You're looking at what's going on, and you feel like trouble is coming. As I said earlier today, I see the motivation. The old hymnologist told me that. You say, how is it motivation? Well, listen to the words. They say, listen, I've seen the lightning flashing. And not only did I see lightning, but I heard the thunder roll. And if my sight and my hearing wasn't enough, he went for another sense. I felt sin breakers dashing, trying to scam my soul. But I heard. The voice of my Savior, he bid me still fight on. And he promised never to leave me. No, never alone. No, never alone. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone, my dear grandmother. Be strong and of good courage. Be alive, now be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that do go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong now, and of good courage. And the Lord that go that goes before thee, he'll be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee, fear not, neither be dismayed. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whether soever thou goest. Most gracious and all wise Father, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for your word, God. We thank you, God, that we don't have to give in to the scam. Because we can trust you in every situation. We know, God, that you are with us. We know, God, that you're going to take care of us. 
So, God, we praising you this morning and telling you thank you. Thank you, merciful Father, because, God, your eyes go to and fro. Your eyes behold the good and the evil. Your eyes see everything. And, God, we put our trust in you. You told us to trust in the Lord and be of good courage. And, God, we come this morning saying thank you. That we got a God that we can trust. We got a God that we believe they'll do everything we need done. We don't have to fear. We don't have to worry. You said fear not because you are with us. And we said thank you this morning. We praise you this morning for who you are and for what you are doing for us. And God, you saying all things, give thanks. And we and for your mercy, endure forever. And God, we are just saying thank you this morning. We thank you for the word that we have heard. Take that word, God, and hide in our hearts that we may not sin against you. Take that word, God, and hide in our hearts that we might know which way to walk, which way to talk, and how to love our enemies. Because, God, you are there for us, and we trust in you this morning. We praise you this morning, God. We magnify your holy name this morning, God, because, God, well, who you are, you are Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Nothing comes by you. And we just praise you this morning, God. We love you this morning, God, because you love us, God, where we didn't even love ourselves. You love us, God, in spite of all our shortcomings. You still love us, and we say thank you. We thank you, oh God, that we got a God that we can serve. We got a God that love us in spite of whatever, and we say thank you. We just want to thank you this morning. Help us, oh God. We ask you to shine on us, God, that we might shine for you. Wherever we go, that we may lift you high and let other men and women, boys and girls, know how sweet you are. We just praise you this morning. We love you. We magnify your holy and righteous name. And, God, we give your name all the honor, all the honor, all the glory, all the glory goes to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Have a glorious day. And always remember, God is with you. Whether soever you go, wherever you are, he's there to work out every situation. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I pray.